Hello and welcome to a special Valentine's edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name's Andy Warren and I'd like to welcome you into a studio full of three Romeos and Ross Halls to look back at Ipswich Town's nil-nil draw with MK Dons. Happy Valentine's Day everyone. Andy Warren, Stuart Watson, Mike Bacon, Ross Halls all here. Lads, I've got a poem to get us started. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. Yes, please. It's really good. Roses are red. MK was blue. Town wanted three points, but just one will do. It's beautiful. What do you think of that? I like oh, it. I like it a lot. I want to bring back... Do you remember... Seems like a long time ago you, you were doing some sort of fan fiction around Ipswich Town. But never, for some reason, that just stopped. I'd like to see that return. That's when you were at your best, Hutchie. I've been, I ha- I'll be honest, I have been working on something for a long time, but it's just not, it's just not coming together how I want it. It's a, a fictional uh, Ipswich Town based um, detective series. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who's the main protagonist? Well, it's a bit out. The problem is, I've taken so long to do it. It's a bit outdated now. It was Chambers and Skews. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that still? Can we still? Can we still go with that? I'm sure you can find a way to make it work. I've I've, I've workshopped it so much. I've got like fo- files on my computer of this, like trying to make it work. But it, I've written chat a few chapters. It doesn't. It just hasn't quite hasn't quite so come they're together. They're the cops, are they? It's... They they are, but they're. They are, but they're kind of a bit downtrodden. Like the first ones, I think it started with Luke Chambers kind of waking up in a haze, having been playing Mario Kart all night and was a bit confused about what had happened. There's a bad guy in it that was just called M as well. That was Mick McCarthy. Yeah. But it's just not come It's just not come together how I'd like it. Mike, do you feel threatened as our resident yeah. author? Uh, this, sounds quite, this sounds quite promising, to be honest. <laughs> Because I come from a Starsky and Hutch era, you see. So, and of course, you're you being Hutch, you know, sort of straight away. There's also a little link there, and Chambers and Skews. That sounds. You could see him swing, sort of charging over the bonnet of a car, and flying into action. And then Big M, he's the baddie. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Can I you like put me in Actually, touch with like your publisher? Boomsong Publishing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one. <laughs> Yes, yes, I, they'll take it. They'll, they'll take it on. But I quite liked your introduction, to be honest. That dulcet. I haven't heard that sort of whispering. Have you ever yeah. done a late night show? Have you? You've done something. No, like that, haven't you? I've, I've. What I've done there is I've tried something that isn't really me, and it's not. Oh. And I did don't not feel like it's come off as I'd liked it to. So, um, <laughs> this is this is an interesting start to our to our week, isn't it? I liked it. Did anybody get any Valentine cards? Because I did. No. What, no. Did it, what, no did, what did it say, Mike? Uh, roses are red, hearts are blue. Some poems rhyme, but this one doesn't. Was one of them. Um, and I won't tell you the second one because it's rude. But I've Good. Had two. two. <laughs> love is in the air, everyone. Ross, love, it, <laughs> love in the air in your house? Yes. Um, although we don't celebrate Valentine's Day because luckily our anniversary clashes with it a little bit. So joint thing yeah, anniversary. 
What anniversary? Just, well, it's been in a relationship with my girlfriend. Oh. But, yeah. but nothing, Mike, you know. Mike sounds like, a, are you a traditionalist, Mike? You have to have a ring on it for a, for anniversaries to, to count. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I saw you get this, don't you? So we've been together now three years, four months and six days as regards, like, as on last week. So we're going out for a meal, things like that. I don't do that. Oh. <laughs> Good there was times. a discussion after 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 we got married as to whether you should continue sort of marking the sort of the original anniversary, which Ross is obviously you know when you first get together before you're married, and then the your, your proper anniversary then takes over. The original's forgotten, right? You can't be doing that twice a year. No. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you the first one. Now, there you go. Case closed. Case closed. Right. Um, that wasn't how I thought this podcast was going to start. I don't. I, I'm, I think I've sent it off in an odd direction. Um, Mark's not here. We are, um, but we're going to talk about Ipswich Town's nil-nil draw with MK Dons. That's as romantic as it gets. A nice nil-nil draw because nil is love in tennis, so it's, ah, it's, fit, it's, yeah. it's fitting. Do you see? Very good. Yeah, very good. Where do we want to start with it then? Then lads, Pro- probably looking at, at Stu and Ross here. Um, Given you were at the game, where should we start? Where do you want to start, Stu? Both managers felt that their team shaded it. Ipswich probably on performance levels, I would say. And even first half, Ipswich shaded the second. MK Dons will feel that they had the better of the chances. Christian Walton's made the bigger saves. Overall, a draw was about right. And overall, I think it's a decent point for Ipswich. Um just keeps things ticking along at that two points per game. Stops that sort of win-win loss pattern. I thought it was an improvement on Sheffield Wednesday and Bolton and uh, sets up a nice little run of fixtures, five fixtures against bottom half sides coming up. So uh, point in the pocket, move on. I was pretty happy with that. Just like last week, mate, we can't just we can't just move on. We can't do that. No, good um, point. No. We'll spend an hour more talking about it, and, and, and probably <laughs> thousands more words in in print, and then we'll move on. <laughs> it is a, it is a shame that a winner couldn't be found in front of all those fans, though, couldn't it? Like what what a day that was seeing a sort of two tiered away end packed with packed with fans. Ross, um, I'd agree with you. Uh, you. You come you come away from that from that feeling positive about Ipswich Town, but. But just how positive would it have been if if somehow they'd managed to find a winner in front of that away following? Yeah, like when when the players came out, you know, at the beginning of the game, it just it just the the way end was just you know flatables going about, you know, <laughs> some rude stuff, you know, some flatable dolls, and you know you know what was flying about, um, and it was just yeah a sea of blue, and you feel like you. I know people will probably chuck things at me about this, but it felt like being at Wembley because you have a whole section of, you know, away fans, and then, you know, and then MK Don's just empty, empty seats pretty much. Um, but yeah, if a goal went in, unbelievable. It would have been limbs, as we were saying last week. Um, but it felt, even though it was a nil-nil draw, it didn't feel like a Mick McCarthy nil-nil draw, you know, part the bus and, uh, you know, every point's a prisoner. It felt controlled, didn't have a clean sheet. Um, and we just, oh, just someone needed to do something special to get that goal. Um, thankfully, Scott Twine didn't do that because he had an opportunity to do that late on in the game. But um, a good point, and it, yeah, as Stu said, it breaks the cycle of the win-win-lose. It's now win-win draw. We've had that discussion a couple of times recently about that. I think 
I think at games, Stu, I think you've used the expression a couple of times. There are nil-nil draws and then there are nil-nil draws. Um, and that's friend, right, isn't it? Yeah, I had a friend text me on Saturday night, just uh, who's sort of half interested in, in the Ipswich results just because he knows I, I cover them. And he just texted me, how bad was that today then? Having just literally seen the scoreline and... It's actually really enjoyable. I thought both managers said what a great advert it was for League One football. Two young British coaches that have really sort of earned their stripes in in academy football that set up their teams to play possession positive football. And um, both teams gave it a real good go. And I did have a sneaky feeling, didn't I? I said in the last podcast that ultimately that might just sort of cancel each other out. And and I had nil-nil as a prediction and and that's how it turned out. But... um, a really enjoyable game to watch. I thought it was one that you couldn't really take your eyes off. Um, as Ross says, it was it was just going to come down to you know a, a moment of magic that might separate the two sides. Um, in the end, we didn't get it, but um, you know it wasn't for want of trying, was it? You know, McKenna was very very insistent afterwards that draw. I'm not interested in draws because draws aren't going to get us where we want to be. Um, we tried to, you know, I wouldn't have taken a point beforehand. I didn't settle for a point at any stage during the game. You know, we've mentioned Mick McCarthy a couple of times in there. They would have got to a point in that game where he'd have then gone, yep, yeah, take that and we'll see it out. Um, McKenna brought on Bon and Nord in a double substitution towards the end, which uh, which was nice to see. But um, it wasn't to be, sadly. Um, it wasn't to be. They were attacking that away end in the second half and you just wondered whether that that moment was coming but uh it didn't but um no I'm feeling really good about uh about things I'm certainly you know a couple of weeks ago just starting to wobble a little bit after that Gillingham home game it was starting to feel like are the, are the performances there that are going to get this this ball really rolling but the last couple of games have um you know got got me believing again shall we say Mike 7,000 away fans is um it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Just to fill in a couple of gaps for you in case you didn't work it out, Mike. Um, the inflatable thing that Ross didn't mention uh, was a penis. Wow. I, I, I thought it might be. I didn't, well, I didn't want to sort of guess if that was going to be the question you fired to me. Could I guess the inflatables? So thank you for at least putting that in for me. That's that's excellent. Well, sorry, we've slipped the tongue there. Um, so, yeah, that's great. Um, no, that's that, well, that's fantastic. I'm glad to see so many inflatables um, uh, floating around the NK Stadium. Fantastic. Um, 7,000 fans. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't at the game, so I can't comment on the action, but just looking at the table, looking at thinking of momentum, thinking of form guides, that's a decent result. That's a really decent result. This this gap is now coming down, is it, from nine points to eight points to seven points to what is it now, five points? It's chipping away. Um, two home games on the trot now, as Stewie said, a little run of fixtures against. It's it's actually starting to feel like it's in our own hands. Just a bit. I know, I know it seems a bit ridiculous because we're sort of still points behind and we rely on other teams, but teams above us are not. There's two or three there not doing it. Sunderland are struggling a bit, Wickham struggling a little there's one or two up there just not quite on it and that's all we need and it's in our hands but it's in Ipswich hands now to go on and 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 to and you know to make to make points count as regards 7,000 fans well actually for someone who come you know was big into Ipswich in the 70s 80s and you know that's a fantastic following I mean what a following um you know, inflatables and all was, I mean what other inflatables were this is this is now we've led on to this I'm quite interested because 
obviously, you know, flying penises is one thing, but I mean, was there anything else was, what I should know about Ross? I mean, you obviously were keeping an eye on things. Um, there's one point, um, of course, there's balloons and there was like, you know, volleyballs and all that sort of stuff. But there was also a um, like a champagne bottle, which was actually on the pitch. And I saw Dominic Thompson, he had to pick it up to, you know, remove it from the pitch because it would have, you know, interfered with play. And of course, the famous sort of inflatable with Darren Bent, his goal for Sunderland against Liverpool. That's the, yeah. the famous inflatable moment. But um, yeah, there's a few other little bits here and there. Um, and yeah, that. At, at the end of the day, most of them went on the pitch and then, sadly, the players had to burst them because they're going to interfere in play. And then and I, I remember hearing, overhearing some stewards saying, we've got to sort these inflatables out. They're everywhere because <laughs> they're all on the floor and everything. But I remember <laughs> I, was, I was I sort of hitting some of the balls back so they can, you know, so fans can still enjoy it. I actually hit one of the ball boys with it by accident. Not not the, you know, other thing. It was that like one, one of the yeah. balls. Yeah. Um, as well, I just hit it back and it just, yeah. I'm not a great throw, so hit him. But um, but no, it was, it was good. Donuts, dinosaurs, sheep, <laughs> uh, palm tree, Wes banana, Burns. an inflatable Wes Burns. Yeah, as a, as Jesus, because obvious thing. I'll have to, have to. I'll have, I'll find the picture as as you speak, and it, I'll, okay. I'll bring it up. Okay, I'm interested to see that. Um, I mean, I, I think I think Ipswich Town fans who are remarkable, obviously we are remarkable, but a remarkable, remarkable bunch of fans need to take as many inflatables as they can to every single away game. Now they're not taking enough, is the way I would put it. They need to take more, and the more ingenious, the better. And I would I would like to see an inflatable Stuart Watson, perhaps floating around in the away. In the away end. I mean, that would be just just. There's so much. So much you could do with this, isn't it? It's it's a it's, it's a treat. <laughs> where, where are we getting an inflatable Stuart Watson from? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I like inflatables, day. I think once a year it's good. I'm not sure. I, I want it every every game. Um, it's nice. It's kind of had its place now. It's it's kind of well established, isn't it? Over several years now, that there's always a game that organically fans decide is is when they're going to turn up with the inflatables. It was a it was a good sight. Um, I would, I would slightly argue that there was not more noise, but the noise was more constant up at Doncaster on the Tuesday night, where we had about a thousand up at Doncaster, and that's your real hardcore going up to South Yorkshire on a Tuesday night, and um, they kept going the whole way through and made a lot more noise than a thousand. My slight concern was when you get bigger numbers and it's inflatables day, it's, it's the big day out and everyone's come to enjoy it. And um, don't get me wrong, they made a lot of noise. And when those big roars of encouragement went up at moments when a corner was forced, certainly attacking that end in the second half, it was loud. But I wouldn't say it was constant throughout the game, but what, what a sight. And it just, all it made me feel, Ross talked about Wembley earlier, is, you know, it was a little taster of what, what an Ipswich Town takeover of Wembley could feel like it's just that feeling is just starting to build a little bit at the moment doesn't it um look it could all come crashing down quite quite quickly couldn't it but right now let's ride that wave of optimism um that's what football fandom's all about yeah you can't you can't suppress it when it comes if it, if it's bubbling there just go with it until until it's shot shot out of you um in the in the lead up to this one Stu we talked about um about two styles you said about teams cancelling each other out. Kieran McKenna insisted the game wasn't going to be a beauty contest, but this ultimately didn't turn into kind of the midfield pass fest that it could have done, 
could it? I think both teams tried to counteract that and yeah. actually ended up, both of them ended up going away from maybe how the other expected them to be. It was, a, it was an intriguing it's a bit one, of sort wasn't of bluff, it? Bluff and double bluff from the two managers that sort of McKenna's comments before when he was asked about the two teams that like to have five, 600 passes and possession football and how was that going to pan out? And you mentioned the beauty contest uh, quote. Um, in the end, Ipswich did actually have more possession and there's not many teams. They, they shaded it, I think, about 53%. And there's not many teams that have that have done that against MK Dons this season. You could probably count on one hand without going back through it. Um, but it wasn't that type of game. I think both, obviously Jackson being deployed for Ipswich kind of showed that they were uh, looking to sort of counteract that passing game, gave them a threat in behind, gave them sort of the able to sort of stretch the defence. And, and MK Dons, by Manning's own admittance, went a bit more direct than usual as well. Their kind of biggest threat came from sort of Balls over the top, didn't it? At um, at times, so yeah, both teams kind of. It was it technically and tactically. I thought it was a really good advert for the league. Two managers trying to sort of outthink each other and adapt. And McKenna talked about we had to get to grips tactically with a few things in the first 10, 15 minutes. It was a topsy turvy game. It was one you couldn't take your eyes off. So as a nil nil, good spectacle. Mm. There were there were a few little things in there. I think they were maybe caught out Ipswich by the two wide players playing on opposite sides for MK Dons, Twine and, and Corbineau were on, were on opposite sides to what they'd been on for, for spells of that game. And I, they did well to adjust to that. Um, I thought they nullified MK substitutions later in the game pretty well. Like you see Connor Wickham coming off the bench and you think the worst, I guess, Mike, you'll remember Connor Wickham's uh, emergence at, at Ipswich Town. You, you kind of, I think football fans are programmed to think, well, here comes a former player. He's he's going to score, but actually, they limited him to to almost nothing. I would, I would say. But I think Caden Jackson is worth a chat. I would say um, certainly left field. Um, Stu, I believe you and I both use the expression. He's not, and this it also included Joe Piggott about him not being in the conversation uh, for a start. Yeah. Well, I've mentioned that I got the nil-nil scoreline right. So I, I, to counteract that, I should point out that yeah, in the, in that boot room video where we were talking about what the lineup would be, it was was pretty dismissive of the idea that Jackson or Piggott would would be part of the conversation for the starting lineup. And, and lo and behold, he starts as the as the lone striker. We were surprised when he featured a few weeks ago. Can't remember which game it was that he suddenly parachuted back in for, but he was the sort of wide runner. In that game, wasn't he in, in a front three? This time, he, he played as the lone striker, which is a, a role that we've so often over the years said just doesn't suit him. But they used they used his attributes a lot better in this game. I think McKenna is is very good at working out what players' strengths are and using and finding a way to play that you, uses them best, hides their weaknesses the best. Um, and he was deployed to as I said before, sort of stretch the MK Dons defence, give them something to think about in terms of a bit of pace in behind. And and that then created some room for others, notably Chaplin and Selena, who in the first half, Selena in particular, was getting dropping on the ball in some nice little deep pockets of space and, you know, wasn't too far away from threading uh, one of those inch-perfect through balls on two, three, four occasions, was he? So, um Caden Jackson has, has got his flaws, 
doesn't always get the ball un, under control. He's, he's, um, but I thought they they used him well, and I thought as part of a game plan, I, I thought it worked. I thought it worked really well. I think McKenna's been but McKenna's been quite clear from the start, really, about some some players that he's he has opinions on that he that he's liked that have, have kind of come in from left field. Jackson probably being chief chief among those. But you mentioned he he's played one up front as a one up front a lot. All of that under Paul Lambert, really, and he did look lost, didn't he? But that those teams were so directionless at times. We we these podcasts were spent discussing what we thought the game plan was. Whereas, whereas now we're seeing it, we're seeing the game plan. And not only are we kind of seeing a game plan on the pitch, we're also having it explained to us by the manager after the game. Things are a lot clearer at the moment, aren't they, guys? I think, I think um, McKenna's brought a, a breath of fresh air to, to the, the strategies and the tactics. And, and it was interesting seeing Jackson on the team. Of course it was, just as... You know, Bon had been such a regular fixture for the first half of this campaign. We couldn't ever see that changing. And McKenna's come in and he's quite clearly happy to just mix it up. And 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 and, and I like that. It's I even saw somebody on social media talk about why don't you play he'll play he'll play Selena as a number nine soon, a bit like Manchester City play Philip Foden. You know, it's it's that you, you have that sort of feel about him that he would suddenly do that. That will actually you won't see Pickett Bon or Norwood or Jackson on the pitch one day. We'll see a a multitasking, fluid Chaplin, Selena, a Luca. You know, you just don't know with 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 McKee. He strikes, start to strike me as that type of guy who will take risk. Is it a risk? I don't know. It seems to be, I suppose it is a slight it's risk. A, but it's he, a calculated he, risk in yeah. his mind, isn't he? He weighs yeah. up quite clearly. He weighs up every single piece of evidence that he can. You know, he talked about having every minute of footage available to him of MK Dons from a wide angle, um, you know, and and just weighs up a, and comes up with a bespoke game plan for from match to match. And, you know, we've heard so often with managers, it's not about them, it's about us, and we've just got to focus on what our game is. Of course, that has to be a prime part of your focus because it comes down to how well your players play on the day. But I do think now, even at this level of football, teams are just... Even the lesser teams are so much better prepared now. We've got this sort of generation of younger coaches that have that have been studying coaching, Manning and McKenna prime examples from a very young age. They're not just, you know, that we've got St George's Park. We've got all these these various sort of top pro license courses. These are people that are real students of, of the game, and um, you you have to give that that bit of respect to teams, and even when you're playing. The, the lesser sides like Doncaster and Gillingham, there wasn't this sort of arrogance about, oh, well, if we turn up, we'll win. If we play well, mm-hmm. we'll win. It was, you know, Doncaster, counter-attacking threat. We've got to do this, that and the other to stop them. And I'm really liking hearing sort of McKenna explain his his thinking to us. Yeah. It's, um... of, course, he, of course, he comes from, you know, he's been at a Premier League club for the last many years, you know, top coach and at a top one of the world's biggest clubs. I know he wasn't the main man, but think how much he's heard, how much he's listened to, how much conversation he's been involved in. You know, it's it's he's bringing a lot of that to the party. That's quite clear. And now having his own his own opportunity to do that, I I, I think it's great. Ross, what are you making of of things at the moment? And 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 also, is there anyone any other players you wanna you wanna pick out from their performance from the game uh, the game on Saturday? 
Yeah, I echo what what you guys just said about McKenna. It is just refreshing, you know, his interviews. I just, you know, you can just listen to him all day talking about the game of football. He's a student of the game, as we've said before. Um, you know, with a club interview, he was saying, even Stevens, he said that a couple of times. I, I like that phrase, nice little phrase. Um, but no, we've got to mention Sam Moores, didn't we? Returning back in that midfield and, well, we've missed him, haven't we? Um, driving forward. Um, sadly, your bet didn't come off, Hutchie. Sadly, you did, get, did get a few opportunities. I was like, oh, God, take a pop, Sam. Go on. <laughs> I'll keep um, going with that, mate. Don't worry. That's a, yeah. that's a consistent one until he, until he, uh, until he scores. But yeah, and for him, he's probably he was man of the match, weren't he? For for Town's point of view, you know, Walton had a good game as well. Of course, many great saves, but just Morsey, just for me, just calm. But then also, he just gets in there, don't he? Tackles, attempts to drive in the middle of the pitch. Um, it, it, at some part of the game, he was the most threatening player on the pitch for Town, um, and it's just good to see him back. Um, and as Backerson now is played alongside Carroll Evans. El Mazzuni, did he play? Yeah. Doncaster? Now Morsey. Yep. So, um, that gives us yep. a lot of partners in that midfield. Um, and yeah, I thought it, it worked well between them two. You know, Bacchus and he had a few moments where he lost possession in dangerous areas, but I thought they did all right together. But um, no, another clean sheet as well, which is good to see. Mm. It, was an, it was an up and down one for Backinson for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd agree with what you said about Morsey. Backinson for every... I think he's at his best when he doesn't have to think too much and he's playing a bit more instinct, little popped passes. He can he can play some quite clever little popped passes to move the ball quickly and, and find opposite um find teammates quickly. But he did he did lose the ball on a couple of occasions in there and there was one moment where he pulled out of a, a tackle that that um could have cost his team, ultimately earned him a booking because he had pulled out of the tackle and then and then um Kind of as a result of that, had to drag his man down. But there are there are a few areas of this team where that we're not quite seeing the blends coming together. I would say, but there is one in particular that that really is. It's it's, it's a back four of of Walton in goal, Danassi and Wolfen and Edmondson, who are coming up to six hours without conceding now, and um, that couldn't be couldn't be any any more different to the start of the season, could it? When when five were shipped against Bolt against Bolton, Cheltenham, Burton. Wimbledon, Morecambe, two goals to each of those sides. Wide open games at the start of the season where goals aren't going to be an issue, but conceding them were. And we've now got the complete opposite, haven't we? It's um, six clean sheets in nine. And that gives you such a good foundation to, to win games of football, doesn't it? Four goals conceded since McKenna's arrived. Um, Wolfenden, I think, is playing as well as I've seen him play for Ipswich Town. And that's quite a statement considering how good he looks sort of post-Swindon loan and when he was getting linked to Sheffield United in the Premier League. And um, Paul Lambert famously said that uh, £30 million doesn't buy you a flake these days. Or was it £10 million? It was ten, ten, £10 million. Pounds. £30 million absolutely would get you a flake. Um, £10 million pounds won't buy you a flake when uh, when he was getting linked with, with that sort of money. Um yeah, Danassian is is very quietly putting himself in the running for Player of the Year. I would say at this moment in time, over the course of the season, he has just been Mister Consistent. We're almost taking it for granted now. Edmondson, there was a time when he was head and shoulders above everyone a few weeks ago. I would say he's maybe not been hitting those same heights 
in, in the last few games, but nevertheless is, is part of a, a a really well functioning back three. And, and in Christian Walton, they've arguably got the best goalkeeper in the division. It's not apes which aren't getting carved open very often. And and the defending starts from the front. Um but when it gets to the when when the danger does when they are breached, they've got a goalkeeper there who can who can come up not just with the big saves, but come and pluck those corners and crosses out of the air just to just to take the pressure off. He's um yeah, his his signing, we, we we knew it was a big signing in January, but it's looking bigger and bigger by the game at the moment. All goalkeepers can make saves. It's the it's the cross it's the crossing that just it excites me. It's um well, well, it doesn't excite me. It keeps me calm. That's what it does. It keeps me calm because he knows he knows when to come and punch as well. It's he's not trying to catch balls that aren't there to punch. He punched one away at the weekend, which and he gets a good punch on it. He times his times his um his movement well. He uses his size well. I think we've seen goalkeepers that would be Thomas Thomas Holy's big criticism, wouldn't it? But you've got a six foot nine goalkeeper in there that doesn't doesn't use that size. You never felt like you had the benefits of a six foot nine goalkeeper in between the sticks, but a, a goalkeeper is vital, isn't it, Mike? You've, you'll have seen down the years, but going, going all the way back through kind of obviously Bartosz Bielkowski recently, Kelvin, Kelvin Davis, you go back through Richard Wright. It's good teams as start with good goalkeepers. I go back to Paul Cooper. I mean, and go back of course you do. with me. I go back to, yeah. You're absolutely right, Andy. I mean, and, and of course, um, not conceding goals is my sort of the unsexiest part of football, isn't it? You know, it's not very sexy talking about clean sheet, clean sheet. But that stat you said there, Stu, about four goals, you say, have been conceded since he arrived, since McKenna. That's extraordinary. And that's the sort of thing, I know it's a bit dramatic, but sort of thing Klopp and Guardiola will be you know, trying to get on their side, on their team. That's part of what their strategy would be. Goalkeepers are vital. And, and Walton has you're right, Andy. A cross coming up, a corner coming over, and Walton jump. You 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 have a feeling he's going to just pluck it out of the sky, and there's going to be no big dramas. We've had far too many flaps and dramas and late minute goals and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I go back quite a few years with goalies. I mean, Paul Cooper obviously was back in the Robson era. It was extraordinary, really. He's of quite a smallish keeper. Really, a lot of fans, I'm sure, remember Paul, and uh, he was one of the few which players that time never to never to, to, to play internationally. The whole team used to go off on international duty um, and poor Paul Cooper and about one or two others were always left. But great goalkeepers save penalties for fun. But no, you're right. Goalkeepers are absolutely vital. And uh, Richard Wright's another one, of course. Richard was, of course, saved, saved penalty in the playoff final and so on and so on. I think you're right. Christian Walton is going to prove to be, I think he's going to prove to be the signing. Of, <laughs> I know he came halfway. Well, he didn't come halfway through, but all the signings we've made, all those 19 signings at the start of the year, I think we're going to look at him as one of the, the best and if certainly one of the top two. The, the great thing about these clean sheets for me is that they're not based on backs to the wall defending. They're not grinding out clean sheets. They're not clinging on, but manfully heading balls away for 10 minutes and seeing it over the line. That actually just feel really sort of calm and assured watching mm. this Ipswich side, which is a really weird feeling. It's the way it's the possession football, which is a big part of it. It's, um, you know, if you keep, as I said before, if you keep the ball, you can't concede. So that that sort of eats up time. And I just feel like if this team gets in front, they're not going to let leads slip. You know, whereas under Cook before, it was just sort of wide open football, kamikaze football, where they just weren't respecting the spaces that were getting left in behind, or they just weren't fit enough to to cover the gaps that they were leaving with the fullbacks bombing on and everything. Um but I just feel really calm watching this this Ipswich Town side. And yes, the goals aren't 
flowing at the moment, but ho- hopefully that will come with time. But the, just you don't get a sense watching them that oh, a goal's coming here. Uh, we're going to score in a minute. You don't often get that sort of sense of building with them. But I don't get it going the other way as well. Like, oh, we're under the cosh. You know, it's only a matter of time before a goal goes in. So, um, yes, it's an odd sensation, isn't it? Sort of watching mm. a team and, and not really feeling like oh, we're going to concede. Yeah, I, I like the way that back three works. You've kind of got Ed, Edmondson's maybe a bit more of the grappler in there who who, who can, can grapple a little bit. Wolfenden's the calm one who can put his foot in, but he, he kind of sweeps up nicely behind. I, I quite I like the way that he does that. I think you're, you're seeing, you talk about Wolfenden being calm and kind of unflappable and and things. We've seen some of the negative side of that over the, the last year or so. Luke himself would say that last season wasn't a great one for him. But I think you're seeing that kind of calmness and laid back approach really work for him at the moment. He's He can keep his calm in that centre of a back three because his job is to to kind of to, to cover others. And then Danassian does a really good job of kind of allowing that defensive three to, to flex a little bit and almost turn into a look at it at times I look at it and think has this turned into a back four for a little bit with Dominic Thompson tucking tucking in as a left back and that's in a bid to release Wes, Wes Burns who is clearly as, as an attacking a right wing back as you can as you can get so it, it it works really nicely but if they could just get a couple of the other blends across the pitch kind of coming together they, I, they haven't really we haven't seen Morsi and Evans the midfield two that I would pick play for a month now due to that suspension. And and it's just about finding those other blends to kind of click in certain areas to, to make the fully complete performance. I would go as far as saying that if Lee Evans had played that game on Saturday, that might have been the difference for Ipswich Town. I, 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 we've had the Evans chat in the last one, but I think, you know, with Jackson's running over, over the top, Evans might have been the man to help sort of execute that game plan just just a little bit more fo- finely. Um, when Evans and that when that Evans Morsi partnership gets going again, I think that that we might see Ipswich just hit another gear. Well, hopefully it's not too long until we do see that Lee, Lee Evans missed out with illness at the weekend, so it remains to be seen how long it, it takes him to be to be back from that. That that's turned into a bit of a bit of a love letter to Ipswich Town. There, a bit of a love letter to to Kieran McKenna. So on this so very special. Um, Valentine's Day. Unless anyone's got any other MK thoughts before we move on, has anyone got anything else is bursting out? Ross, you've put your hand up. Do you need a wee? <laughs> uh, no, um, we won't mention what happened before the MK Don's game on our way up. Um, That's a very embarrassing moment. No, no, no let's, let's, we, won't, uh, we won't mention no, it. No, um, but no, I found the Westburn inflatable. So here it is. <laughs> <laughs> who's made that so for audio listeners what have we got here we've got Wes Burns face on the body of an inflatable Jesus and someone's drawn someone's drawn an Adidas logo an Ipswich Town crest and the Ed Sheeran sponsorship onto the chest of uh, Jesus Jesus Christ who's made that uh, Jack Wilborn from Twitter and um Wes Burns actually replied to it and um, he went, oh, no, no, no. So, uh, so yeah. We like it, Jack. Yeah, so that's, it. Is that kind of where we're thinking of the, the Stuart Watson one's going to go then? We're yes. Gonna, 
we're going to have to get hold of an inflatable religious figure and then adapt them. Or just get some sort of egg if there's an inflatable egg. Inflatable, an inflatable, inflatable egg. egg and put some glasses on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 10, 10 KOA points to the listener who can attend the game with an inflatable egg <laughs> dressed up as dressed up as Stuart Watson. Um, so from our, our Kieran McKenna in Ipswich Town love letter, we're going to move on to some other Valentine's Day fun in a minute. But Mike, you're you're an old romantic, aren't you? What are you? Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, you're also a novel, a, a writer of. Um, I, I I almost want to call it erotic fiction, mm. um, but have you have you are, are you currently kind of penning any kind of Valentine's specials at the moment for your wife? Do you uh, have you presented her with a, a a written poem or anything for today? I've done a poem as such, but I've, I have just <laughs> I just whispered in her ear this morning. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail. Just I'm taking you down the pub tonight. Happy Valentine's Day. And a little kiss in the ear. And that was lovely because I told her she could drive as well. Um, because <laughs> obviously we've got a little way to go. I said, you can take the car. Um, and it was beautiful. And she just she just looked at me. Didn't say anything. Just looked. So it's going to be a beautiful evening. A few pints. Um, obviously a for, couple of pints for of, you. Well, yes. A couple and of she pints. She picks of you up at 11. She... <laughs> You may, yes, you may just drop me off. Um, a couple of, couple of packets of knobby nuts, and um, and we're away. I mean, so yeah, it was, it was, it was just a little gentle, just a little whisper, really, nothing more. It's beautiful. I think it, thank you. That is beautiful. And a nice sneeze from Ross. Anyone, anyone else got any? Ross, you're you, Ross. You're you're a soppy old thing. Let's yeah. let's be honest. You you must have something up your sleeve. Um, I was doing a thumbs up because I was about my sneeze. Um, um, but yeah, okay. I'm a soppy. I'm a sensitive soul. I um, <laughs> I love my rom coms um, and you know snuggles in in bed um, and on the sofa with a blanket. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a poet though. I'm, I can't rhyme, so I, I don't do any of that. But um, I like I like chocolate, so I bring them to the party because I eat them as well. Yeah. So um, but yeah. What about roses? Flowers, what about rope? Not right. Not, I was going to say not flowers. No, man. Just, I think no. they just we we have flowers in the house like all year round just mm. to make it pretty the living room. But um, I just yeah, I just think it's what's the point? Just one day. I love my girlfriend all year round. Beautiful. There we go. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And Stu, what have you? What have you got me? Uh, I'll tell you later. I'll show you later when when we meet up later. Yeah, we are sure. we are meeting up on Valentine's Day. Of course, we are. We are. Um, yeah, we are spending Valentine's Day evening <laughs> together uh, for all, a work all the big all the big days. We will we will spend together. Easter, we'll do that. We'll do that together as well, won't we? Boxing Day, we'll do that. Valentine's Day, don't didn't have to, but we are. It's just um just the way we roll. Right to finish up today, then we're going to do some more love themed Valentine's nonsense. Um, I like I this, will... Andy. Andy, I like this. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you do. Hopefully, people that are listening love it as well. I just want to hear more from Ross. If I'm completely honest about blankets, (laughs) (laughs) snuggles, blankets, chocolates, and uh, and all the love. What's your Ross? What's Mm -hmm. what's your pet name? 
that is given to you by your better half? Just just Rossi? Uh, or, or I don't know if we should like, say this or no, not. No, if it's rude, don't, don't say it. No, 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 move on. No, move on. No, move on. That could be a, the after dark, after dark podcast. Yeah. Maybe. Move on. Maybe. Um, anyway, we're going to go around the group. And I just want to know I want to know something that you love about Ipswich Town in 2020. We'll have a few goes around the, around the table at this. It, it, not 2020. We, there wasn't an awful lot to love about. <laughs> don't, no, don't bring that back. If you if you can think of if you can think of so that's two years ago. If you can think of something that you did love about Ipswich Town in 2020, then then feel free. But something you love about Ipswich Town in in 2022. Who wants to who wants to kick us off? Well, I'll kick you off if you like. I mean, I like what what I like. This 2022, this and and as we're moving into the, the the McKenna era, is the Ipswich Town fans always very knowledgeable, of course, because we've had great managers over the years playing great football, and Ipswich fans know their football. You can't BS Ipswich fans when you're playing crap football, okay? Which we've seen too much of over the last decade, and now they're seeing a bit of decent football, some decent ideas, and some decent plotting, and I'm loving it. And of course, our fans are fantastic going, the numbers they're going. So that's what I love about Ipswich Town. Am I allowed to say what I don't love? Um, yeah, you are. That's not it's not really what this is all about, Mike, I'll be honest. But if you if you've got something that you don't love, that's um that's fine. Just had a pie again the other night, the other afternoon. Just one pie on a cold plate. That's all I'll say. That's not romantic, is it? Not that's at not... all. Not at all. No. Sorry about that. <laughs> but that's in the, that's in the press box I'm talking about, obviously. But that's enough from me. But yes, loving the fans, loving the good football. That's what I'm loving about it now, and 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 a purpose and an idea. But if it came with a side portion of mash, you'd be that'd be you'd, perfect. You'd be happier with that. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? <laughs> Anyone else got something they love about Ipswich Town in 2022? I shall. Won't mention snuggles, but um, Janoy Danashian. Um, a year ago, this time last year, he was on loan at Fleetwood, and probably none of us thought he'd ever get back into the Ipswich Town side. And as Stu mentioned earlier, player of the year, definitely. He's he's been fantastic, um, and I know he's got his own fan club, which is well because he he deserves it. But uh, yeah, he's been fantastic, and it's just great to see and. Uh, Finally, he's he's found his home at town again. Is he your boy now, Ross? Until until he's not your boy, obviously you'll just drop him yeah. at, at any given moment. But I think he's more Hutch's boy because he's been he's been there through you know his pain of you know getting loaned out and Paul Lambert comes in and yeah and Paul Cook and all that. And I think now on Saturday found... I turned to Andy when the team sheet came out and said, if you'd have said two years ago, pick a moment in time that. And and described the journey that Ipswich Town Football Club would have gone on. You know, Marcus Evans will eventually go. Some Americans will come in with with loads of money. We'll have two, three managers appointed, sacked. The whole squad will be bombed out. But two players from this current setup will still be starting a big game at MK Dons under former Manchester United assistant manager. Pick two players. You wouldn't have been picking Caden Jackson and Janoy Dinassian, would you? They've uh, 
for them to have crawled out from from the rubble that's been around them has been uh, has been quite remarkable, really. Mm. Ross, you mentioned that Janoy's got a fan club there. I wish he did have a fan club. Do you remember mm. kind of back back in the nineties yes. where individual football players actually had their own fan clubs? I remember Lee Sharp had one. I think I, I think I heard someone talk about this on a podcast at one point recently. He genuinely had Lee Sharp had his own fan club that like hosted parties and stuff, and you'd signed up for it if you wanted exclusive Lee Sharp access. Do you think Genoi could? Is that something Genoi's? Is that worth his time? I think you'd be up for that. I think he seems that sort of bloke, you know, very laid back bloke. Um, it was a nice little. Uh, I think I must have been his daughter. He carried on on the pitch. Um, you know, it's just yeah, got a blue, sea of blue. Just and it was just Janoy left on the pitch. I think all the players left by that point. Um, and it was just a nice little, just little scene there. Him, you know, holding his his kid, um, playing very well as well. Um, and it's just it's just great to see. Good old JD. What, what are you getting from a player fan club? You get you you're going to get a newsletter. You're going to yeah, get some sort photo. of goodie bag sent in the post from time to time. Yeah, you get birthday card every year. Birthday card, definitely. Birthday card. Maybe, maybe an exclusive night of ten pin bowling. Yeah, where all fan club members go uh, go bowling. Packet of pencils. Yeah, you always need a pencil, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, Stu, any, anyone you're starting a fan club for, or any anything you love at Ipswich? Um, what do I love about Ipswich Town? I I love. This is sounds a bit flimsy the community of, of Ipswich Town it's sort of the seeing those fans there at the weekend and we we get to in our own small way get to sort of be part of that community or, or help sort of bring that community together at times and that that's McKenna talked about that being really humbling looking at that away end I think we find it really humbling to sort of um, interact with people in person via this you know, I got I get calls from like the Ipswich Town Supporters Club in Norway to do interviews for their fans in, and you just realise like how global this fan base is. And you know, we've had people. I think Mike, someone contacted you to say that they bought your book and had it shipped out to South America to read. And you just like how far flung and large this fan base is. And just it's the case of it with every football club how it sort of brings people together, and you can. You can almost sort of. Uh, the great thing about football is it's it's part of your life forever, and you can kind of document your big moments in in your life by football matches and results. And that's when I was on a school trip, and that's when I got married, and that's when we had our first child, and um, and the bad stuff as well. And and I think it's a football is a, is a great distraction to people. Um, it helps people that are on their own. All the good stuff that football brings, just the community around Ipswich Town, its own little special community. And um, to, to be part of that's uh, really special. You wait until you're in the away end as an inflatable egg, mate. Then you'll feel part of... <laughs> then, then, you, then you're going to feel part of this uh, part of this community. Um, I really like all three of their kits. There aren't many seasons where I like all of the kits. I lo- I think they're all really good. The the blue one's nice and simple, classic classic really in its design. The white one um has been a grower. It's had it just like my shoes. It had its period where it was a catalyst for for some great great results. Looks good with uh, all the black printing all over it. 
and obviously the black away kits, um, the black third kits, um, pretty nice as well. I'm I'm loving all three all three Ipswich kits at the moment on a that's on a, a bit more of a material level than uh, than some of the more deeper things that are loved. Um, any more any more love shout outs for Ipswich Town? Ross, your finger is up. Oh, I just I feel like I have to do. I don't know why. I just I'm I'm the youngest in the group here. I just feel like I have to, you know. Just butt in, just butt in, mate. You don't have to put your hand, Ross. You don't have to put your hand up. Just, just say something. Um, talking about your kits, the one behind you is a disgusting kit. That's why I put it there. Yeah, we don't love that kit at all. It's the Um, orange one from 2018-19. Yeah, medication. Um, now we mentioned it earlier, but clean sheets. I think they are sexy. To be honest, I think clean sheets are sexy and. Definitely, I'm bringing a stat that um, Stu mentioned earlier. You know, four clean sheets and 23 of our opening league games. And then since McKenna's come in, six and nine, um, which is just brilliant. And it's not back to the wall stuff, as Stu said. It's um, you feel like Doncaster. Even though we only won the game 1-0, it was just calm. We know we're going to win the game. So that's what I like to see is, you know, that foundations at the back, clean sheets. And yeah. Sexy clean sheets. I like it. Anybody you see, else? You see, I, I, I love the fact that I having two um, just out of teenage boys or slightly over teenage now boys who are always shouting their mouths off about Madrid, PSG, the Champions League, all this sort of, because all they know because they don't look any further lower down than the Champions League. I can sit there and tell them I've watched Ipswich Town beat Barcelona twice at Portman Road and that just quietens them down immediately when they realise there is a team on their doorstep that, is, that is, has the historic level of that type of scoreline, not once, but twice. And you should see their faces. So that's a beautiful moment in time for me just to quieten them down. And while I'm on the subject of, of situations, I notice uh, Stewie and Andy are becoming sort of celebrities in their own right um, on Twitter, people stopping them outside grounds and having photographs done. Now, I think this is wonderful, and this is the sort of community we're talking about, and it's lovely. It seems great that fans are grabbing you together and having a little chat and nice to talk to you. Now, but my concern starts because this celebrity thing, of course, you've seen it at all football grounds with thing people holding up placards and stuff. But, you know, it's going to come soon. Stewie, can we buy, can we have your laptop? It's going to come. <laughs> I was going to say shirt. I just have to leave the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Dewey, Andy, Andy, can I have your notepad? I mean, these things are going to happen. Trainers. trainers. What are you going to do? You're going to have to respond to this. If it's good enough for Ronaldo to walk off and give his shirt, it ought to be good enough for you guys to hand over your laptop. Just hot, just huss it into huss is a brilliant (laughs) Suffolk word, by the way. (laughs) Stu, down in Essex growing up, is the word huss? Um, used for throwing things? No. Uh, oh. Lob. Just lob it over there. Look, yeah. Huss. We used to play a game called Huss at school. It was just chucking a ball at uh, different sides of a, of the school playground. But uh, chucking a laptop into an away end is not going <laughs> to not going to end well, is it? Yeah. It's gonna. You're going to struggle to hit your deadlines as well. <laughs> It's just something mm. I want you two lads to think about because it could happen and, and, and you know, you're going to have to respond. It was lovely to meet a gentleman called Steve after the game um, on Saturday who came over and had a little chat and inexplicably to us wanted to take take a photograph. I'll never, I'll never get my head around that, but that's fine. But behind us was Mick Mills 
former England captain, <laughs> record appearance maker for Ipswich Town, a man who's lifted two major trophies for the club. Didn't want his photograph. <laughs> just just me and Andy Warren. It's um Yeah. That was nice. Thanks, Steve. And, yeah, and the the resulting tweet which tweeted the photo described us as professors of football. How do you feel about that? I'm not a professor of anything. You put yourself down to do. We you don't realise some of us we sort of just we we wait on bated breath for your every word when it comes over on a tweet or when it comes over your five observations, sometimes six observations, but you've only put five down in the heading. <laughs> That's just the mind of a mind of a professor. Has anyone got anything else they love about Ipswich town before we, uh, before we start to wrap? Mine, wrap mine is a up. slightly more, I've tried to think of ones that are a bit more timeless players come and go styles change. I've talked about the fans and the community. My other one is Portman road. I just love Portman Road. I love walking out of the train station and seeing it poking up high in the distance. I love the fact that as these sort of new modern stadiums are popping up on the outskirts of town, we've still got one in the middle of the town centre, surrounded by the the county uh, council buildings and a a bus station opposite the main drive. And um, Mark Ashton talked about the font, just the small things like the font of Ipswich Town meaning something along the top of that sort of corrugated iron and just the the history. You can feel the history of it. I love that walk down to the press box. Um, sort of, There's a, a corridor that stretches along sort of behind the director's box down to the press box that's just got packed with uh, old newspaper cuttings and images of of the history that, that Mike speaks of. You can just feel the history of, of the club in that stadium now. And obviously the new the new work that's been done on the outside with the murals has, has taken things to a new level. You've got you've got the statues of Ramsey Robson, now the BT one, which I th- I think is magnificent. And and I often hear sort of opposition reporters come come to here and almost looking around in awe and just saying this is this is proper. And they look out across that fan zone and go, what a facility that this club has got when you see all the youngsters sort of you know, running around and kicking a ball out before the game. Um, I, I just love Portman Road. And I love the fact it's called Portman Road and will remain Portman Road. And the, the owners have said, there's no sponsor coming this way. This means something. It's, um, I think it's one of one of English football's proper grounds. And I love it. I think that's a, that's a, a beautiful sentiment, Stu. Yeah. I like it. That is beautiful. I just love the vibe of Ipswich Town at the moment. It's it's exactly you can't quantify it. There's it's got it's happening on the pitch. There's a connection with the manager already. Um, they've got a, one of the world's most famous men is is not only a supporter but has his name on the shirt in Ed Sheeran. He's bringing Ollie Mers to games. The former Manchester United manager was in the crowd watching the other day. They're taking seven thousand fans for. Um, an away game in in League One when they're still kind of in mid-table in the third tier and have been there for three seasons now. Um, to have that kind of vibe around it is pretty remarkable, I would say, because the League One League One's been miserable for Ipswich Town. It, it's it's been awful. It, it's been full of crushed hopes and, and false dawns that have just fallen away twice now. Um, three times really. It happened in happened in this season. It happened 
it happened by the end of August. And um, but yet still, it feels like a club that's that's moving forwards, and that's um, that's really good to see. Because if you're if you're moving forwards, you you've got a chance. And with that, with the crowds and fans that they've got, they've got a chance. Someone's going to get it right on the pitch. And the beauty of it at the moment is, it looks like it could well be the man who's who's currently there at the moment. So I love Ipswich Town. I think we all do, don't we? Mm. Absolutely, brought me some fantastic memories over the years. And um, you know, obviously, I'm lucky enough to go back all those years. But yeah, as you rightly say, for the first time for a, for a far too many years. I do feel more as positive. And I, 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 you know, I know sometimes we've said that and said, oh, I feel positive. But have we really it's sort of more hope than positive? I actually feel, I feel positive, but in a sort of a, a more mellow way in this fact that the manager doesn't come running out high five and blue easy and all this, that and the other. He just strolls out and the, and it's all just calmed down a little bit. And now we're doing our talking on the pitch where I felt there was a lot of talking off the pitch at the start of this season, particularly, and it has been in previous seasons. And uh, yeah, well, Hopefully, a great few months ahead. Hope so. Um, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good place to end it. And on this Valentine's Day, it is very important that we mention to you our sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, it's not too late. Still, don't know what percentage you're going to get off at the checkouts using our code KOA. I think it's twenty percent, but today's the day to go and have a look at all their products. Uh, if you if you want to sort out your uh, below the waist grooming. Or indeed your ears or nose, Mike. Mm. Mike. Well, yes, well, my, my, my ears are fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, do a little, impressive little, little nose shave once in a while. I suppose, but don't yeah. harm, I suppose. Weed whacker will do you there. So check check that out. Um, thank you for listening. Um, if you like what you've heard, um, why not leave us a review? They uh, they boost some egos. And, uh, and if you really like what you've heard, please take an inflatable egg to the Burton game and, and, draw, <laughs> and draw Stuart Watson's face on it. That would be amazing. Um, thanks for listening and we'll, um, we'll see you again later in the week. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.